Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. My name is Lexicon. I'm a dancehall R&B artist here in Toronto, performer, singer, songwriter. So excited to be on the show and welcome to the music. Welcome. Awesome. Thanks for coming, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, let's, let's do it. (laughs) Well, listen, it's uh, summer is is officially unofficially over. Um, We've had our uh, our uh, Labor Day long weekend, and we've all busted out uh, the long pants, jeans, uh, hoodies. And uh, everything else to keep us warm. But how was how was your summer, Lexicon? This summer, I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was terrible. It wasn't like it was awful. It was not a good summer. Like I missed when it was a real summer, you know. But like mm-hmm. everything got shut down. It was terrible. How was your summer? <laughs> Fine. Yeah. I understand what you're saying, but it's interesting though, Lex Lexicon, that you say that. Cause you re- like you released brand new yeah, music. Yeah, you did a lot of stuff. And- yeah, like just this year, I was I. I it was interesting because as I was doing some reading, um, I'm reading up on your first album of 2020, mm-hmm. and then I go, wait a second, he ha- he just released one like a few weeks ago. I better like, what's up with that? And I go, wait, like. Only Neil Young releases multiple albums a year. You've done like two. Um, And we're going to get into that. But you also bring up a good point on it being a terrible summer. Yeah. Um, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of things, uh, if it's okay with you, before we talk about music specifically and and your music. Um, But uh, how, how did... Did COVID and this whole lockdown impact you and impact like your music or impact what you sing about? Uh, I'm guessing there was been a, a lot of concerts, a lot of shows that got canceled that you were probably supposed to perform at. Right. Yeah. There was lots of, a whole, you know, you came out to 2020 with your bright eyed plan. We're going to do this and this is going to be great. You're going to plan this release and like, all these great things are going to happen. All these performances lined up. And I was like, nope, everything was gone to shit. And I was like, yeah. nope, none of this is happening anymore. So you can kiss this performance goodbye. Uh, you can kiss your friends goodbye because you're not supposed to kiss anybody. You're yeah. not supposed to see anybody. You're not supposed to talk to no one. Uh, it was just kind of a, a whole, it was awful. It was depressing. It was, I couldn't write anything for like the beginning part of uh, the whole lockdown. I couldn't write nothing. Like I couldn't. And, and like then there was also with Black Lives Matter, every yes, day yes. I was being killed, and I was like, great, okay. Um, like it was just awful. Like I was like, I had to like disconnect for like two weeks and like not check anything, not like look at anything, kind of like turn off my phone, kind of thing, because like it was just too much. It was just too much happening, too much negative. Like it was just awful. It was awful. And it was supposed to be summer, but it was it was awful. Yeah. 
And like, I don't, I, yeah. So that's what happened. And then I ended up like, uh, after taking that break is when I was able to kind of, you know, like refocus and say, you know, like, yep, we're still going to live life. You know, we're still going to find a way to do some uh, music and kind of like move past it. And that's kind of what, like the whole thing is inspired by the whole kind of like feelings when I was locked down. So like, that's kind of where, like, yeah, I wasn't actually planning to do this project. I was working on another project actually. Oh really? And then I kind of put that one on pause and I didn't do anything. And then I, when I came back, I just kind of did this project. So the other one just moves next year, but like this one is came just literally just because of this. So it came together pretty quickly then, if that's like. Oh yes, it did. <laughs> how does yeah. how does that was it was it in what was what was the impetus behind I guess tropical R and B was it. What was it the darkness uh, that you, we've we've been going through, and and more specifically, what the the black community has been going through that you wanted to, you know, because even just from the title, it's like it's a it's it's it's, it's happy, it's it's light. Um, oh yeah, the title is is light. I mean, kind of the whole uh, um, project was supposed to be kind of like. Uh, like your own getaway because we can't yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. So you're just going to have to listen to the music and get away. Yeah. Um, and that's why the whole, like uh, the cover is very like futuristic, very like different, like you're going somewhere else. Um, despite that some of the songs are still pretty depressing too, but like they don't sound depressing if you listen to them far away, but if you like really pay attention, then you're like, Ooh. Um, mm. but, uh, and then it gets really light at the end. So like, it was kind of like a mixed feelings, which is why it's kind of like a mixed feeling project. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to release an album this summer? Like, was it, was that a plan that you said you must do this? I mean, I thought to myself, it's 2020, so I should be releasing two projects because why not? Because why not? Yeah. And here we are. <laughs> I want to get into this whole thing about releasing albums um, versus releasing singles, because um, I, you know, I read somewhere where you talked about having the songs in a particular order, um, and you know, Greg and I grew up in an era where, you know, we bought the album, we listened to it cover to cover, we we read the liner notes, we read the lyrics, um, and in these days, it's like bands and and artists are putting out singles at a time. There's, you know, there, the album as as is traditionally known is is different. Um, you know, but let, let's, let's go back to, I guess, talk about some of your inspiration into getting in, in, into the business. You were born in Jamaica, uh, moved to, is it Birmingham or London that you moved to? Yeah, Birmingham. How old were you when you moved? I left Jamaica when I was like two. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then you moved to Birmingham then. Cool, cool, cool. And now Birmingham, then, uh, New York. New York, New York and then Toronto. Yeah. How old were you when you finally ended up here? I was maybe like 13. Okay. Okay, interesting. What, so what took you to London? What took you to uh, to New York? Uh, so my mom took me to London because she's a teacher. She got a job there. Ah. There was like a lot of like, I, I think at that time it was a lot of like visa things for teachers to go across seas to like teach and and uh you could like bring your family with you kind of type thing yeah um they had like their own like incentives going on so like that was around that time and then so she left from there we went to birmingham um but then it was you know it was pretty rainy pretty gloomy (laughs) and i don't think my dad really liked it so 
Well, we had to move to New York. <laughs> what is your your mom's a teacher? What does your dad do? What did your dad? Oh, he does auto mechanics. So okay. he uh, does repairs for cars, signing all of that stuff. Um, and yeah, he didn't really like the field, so we moved to New York. And then we got to New York, and yeah, it was okay. And then I was like, we should go to Toronto. <laughs> How long were you in New York what for? Is it? How long were you in New York for? New York was maybe, let's see, so that's there when I was going to this one. And then maybe six, seven, or yeah, about six. There's been a few years there, so it would have impacted. Yeah, there was definitely a good amount of time in New York. And yeah, I was ready for something different. And then my mom had a friend from Toronto that they reconnected. They were like, they knew each other from Jamaica. And then she came over here to visit. And then I was like, oh, I was like, it's so clean. It's so nice here. It's so different. I was like, wow, I didn't know the street could be this clean. I'm just so used to New York. Um, and I, since then, I was like, I kept talking about Toronto until I made the move here. Where, where in New York were you living at the time? In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Now, now Brooklyn's the cool place to be. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me how music got into your life. I know... Is it true? I read somewhere you, you used to sing in the church and in high school musicals? Yeah. Okay. Research. <laughs> we have lexicon. You'll be surprised. We have an we entire have staff. Huge, entire, just massive. Um, yeah. So music. Oh, well, yeah, because my family is very religious. So, I mean, like music's kind of been a part of our lives for a while. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of maybe got introduced to secular music in New York when I was there and like realized there's this whole other world of music and so many other sounds. Um, and then I, by, by that time, I wasn't even making music. I was just like an avid, because to me it was so new, <laughs> even though I'm sure other people already knew about it. For me, it was so new. So like the second any project came out, I'm downloading it. You know, when things used to leak, I would have it like the leak day. I would have it on my every three and I have everything ready, like, before you could like record songs on the radio on your little MP3 thing because they had those and like the second it was like played, I had like recorded my thing so I could listen to it. Like I was like really obsessed. I have like files of like music since I started downloading stuff. Wow. When Landmark was playing, you know, like yeah. I, I didn't even know I was just obsessed with like hearing all the new stuff and just knowing what was going on and kind of keeping track of like who was doing what. I didn't even know how to make a song. I didn't know like people recorded anything. I didn't know any of that. Um, I was just obsessed. What with was music. what was that that uh, you call it secular music? What was that one song or one artist you listened to and you go, they don't play this at church? <laughs> <laughs> like what what blew your mind? What was that first song that blew your mind? <laughs> I think it was when I got because I got my first like MP3 pod thingy that had radio on it, okay. and that's when I was just, I was just listening. I just turned it on. I was like, oh, there's like other stuff on here. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> what song it was but it was definitely like top 40 radio at the time and like I was always playing I was like oh wow this is like a whole new world and like and then I just did like look digging after that and it was just kind of an obsession since then yeah what's what sort of stuff uh did you uh were you attracted to at the beginning what sort of music what sort of artists so in the beginning I was first attracted to a lot of R&B a lot of pop actually um a lot of the dance stuff um, and then it was more dance hall, and then it was like a lot of dance hall. <laughs> um, yeah, those were like the main early, early ones. I, I didn't like even start listening to hip hop until later. Okay. 
right. Interesting. So, so tell me, what was the, you talk about just now that, you know, you didn't even know about making music and, um, or even thought about it. So, so uh, apparently there's, there's this moment in your life where you go, this is, this is what I'm going to do. Tell, tell me about that. Right. So after discovering music, then I did do four years of theater and like musical theater in high school. So we would do a play every year. So that incorporated us. We had to learn how to sight read in the beginning. Then we had to do like practice with the band. We had to do vocal warm ups. Then we had to do like movement on the stage. We had to memorize the script. Then you have to work with set design. Then you have to kind of work with the tech people. You have to do the rehearsal and put it all together. And like we had to do that every year and like the the final musical was like our exam so like that was we were graded on like how we did Interesting. a lot of those uh, so I think like that was all like great without me even knowing great like prep to become an artist um, and then it wasn't until I got to university when I was studying criminology that I kind of did an uh, elective with like musicians there was like a musicians group and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And they're having like a workshop on songwriting. I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. But like, I love music and love all this stuff. And I went to it and they kind of like broke down what songwriting was. And I was like, I'm a songwriter. <laughs> and I was like, all this, because I would make things up all the time yeah. in the shower or in like drama class. But like, I didn't take it seriously. And I didn't look at it as songwriting. It was just like, we we're kind of having fun and just like singing and just like making up raps or whatever the case may be. And I was like, I'm actually a songwriter this whole time and I didn't know. And then after that, I just looked up online for some books on songwriting, started reading those, then started like trying to find beats and like it just kind of started and were you, from that one. Were you starting to put that together like at home or just to start to work with people to start to put together beats and oh no, it first started, I went to YouTube. Oh, okay. I just went to YouTube to practice because I was like, I didn't know any producer. I didn't know nothing. This is like, I just found out the songwriting exists. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and I was like, oh, right. YouTube has all these whatever stuff. So I was like, I just practiced writing to those because I'm like, okay, let me like practice like different structure, the different whatever. Like, and then eventually there was like a boys and girls club kind of like studio after school thing. And then I could go there. There was like an engineer. You got a few hours to like record and you could like, start making like small little demo stuff. So that's when I first like started like to record anything. And I was like, hate my voice. And of course you sound terrible when you first start recording. And you're like, is this what I sound like? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. Wow. So I'm curious, like what sort of musicals were you guys putting together at school? Were you guys doing your own thing or you, you were- picking- So we were doing, we did Annie, we did um, this musical called Just So. We did Beauty and the Beast. Um, and I don't remember what the last one was. Mm-hmm. But, oh, we did Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory as well. What high school was this? Yeah. I was in Ajax, J. Okay. Clark. With B-Boy. So. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you recognize that school, Rick? Yeah, yeah. No, growing up at Whitby, I went to Henry, so, yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, that's really interesting. So you started going to YouTube, looking for beats, writing down stuff. Um, was this like you, you, I don't know what road you were on studying criminology, whether you wanted to be a lawyer or something like that. Did you, did you decide this is what I'm going to do? This is going to be like my profession. I mean, I kind of decided that I was going to find a way to make it work. It was more like 
it was like I felt like I didn't I felt like because like, when you I was like I was like this is it I was like, because I mean, I really liked acting. Yeah. I really liked all that stuff, but I didn't love it enough to be, you know, how people like they would leave and they go do this and they do all this crazy stuff. And I was like, I just didn't have that much passion for it. Yeah. Like I loved it, but I wasn't going to do all of that. That's why I didn't study it. I thought about it. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to like do something regular. But once I found music, it was just like, oh, I was like, now I have to find a way to make this work because I'm just like 100% ready to do whatever it takes to kind of put this together. So it was like a different kind of drive in terms of my reaction towards it. And yeah, I didn't want to be a lawyer. And then I kind of met a few lawyers, talked to them to see how their life was like. And I was yeah. like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if this is what I want. <laughs> I was like, y'all don't sound happy. <laughs> and now that I'm like, I love performing, I do all this stuff, I kind of have to find a way to incorporate more of that. Yeah. But I still graduated, still finished it. Cause I was like, I'm not gonna pay him to not finish. So. Uh, yeah. And how much how much of the business are you how much of the business side are you doing yourself? And the reason I ask that is we had uh, Vin Rock from Naughty by Nature on, I guess before COVID wasn't it? Or was no? It was right around COVID, early COVID. It was I, early, right yeah, when it started to happen. Up. And and he was talking about certain new models and new business models. And I know that you read um, or you were reading how to uh, how to make it in a new um, Ari Herstead's uh, yes. book, right? So so. Yeah. How did you use that to, you know, build your audience and get to where you are today? It was more just to kind of get the base of like how everything works. I mean, I, most of my time is really spent reading Billboard, uh, Digital Music News, um, and then there's like two other like pop music blogs that I keep up to see everything's going on, see like what the current artists are doing, how they're doing their rollouts, how they're doing like they're cultivating, what their branding looks like, how they're doing their performances. Uh, kind of studying their performances, see how I can make mine better, like different ways to incorporate it. Um, I, a lot of it was like just paying attention to like what the the top artists were doing. And then that book was more kind of to understand the different parts of the business. Um, but I do, I mean, I kind of coordinate everything myself right now. Um, so, but like now I finally found like I have my person I go from if I want my video, I have my person that I go to to do like the ads that I want them to do. I have my person I want for photo shoots. And I like tell them the direction that I want it to be. And like, I, I just have the kind of key people that you go to for your certain things, but I have to keep track of all of it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What did you, what did you learn from that book that sort of changed what you do? Like, was there anything that you learned? It goes, Oh damn, I was going down this road, but let me sort of pivot and go this way. I don't know whether it may be a performance thing or, the type of music or anything like that? No, I think it was more, it kind of just told me like I was on the right track. I was like, okay. I'm like, okay. I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like what I, what, the way I'm thinking about things actually do make sense compared, like, compared to the way they're saying. And like, it was more like learning uh, what I, cause like it tells you everything, right? But you don't need everything at the beginning. You just need what you need to slowly add on. And then I kind of just look to see like, what do I need next? And then it's like, okay, now I have this. What do I need next? And you kind of just slowly build and build on that. It's really, it's really just kind of like a guidebook to see like what else I need on my team. What else do I need with the with where I am right now? Because when you're starting, you don't need all these things. You just don't. You don't have you don't have music out. Like you don't need anything else. <laughs> like, like so, yeah. It's just uh, kind of like a roadmap to see of what you need to. And build what what have you what have you had to change or pivot because of COVID? Like on the business side for you. 
So I mean, I had to do everything virtual now, which um, is definitely weird, mm. and I hate it. <laughs> um, but it is what it is. Trying to do more uh, virtual performances, but now it's. I feel like you're kind of just adapting to see um, how people are doing their videos. You can't just do. You know how people usually do their standard like you're standing there and they record you and you do your song but like you have to kind of make it more dynamic now you have to make it more interactive you need the camera to follow you you need like everything has to be like more interactive than it was before um so it's really just learning how to adapt very quickly to what's going on if you want to just kind of because i mean things are going to go back but they're never going to go back so you know what i mean you kind of it's either you adapt now or you adapt later but it's not going back yeah so how are these videos not the videos but these online performances i know you did you did one with the city of mississauga i think was it mississauga or brampton yeah yeah so tell me about tell me about that experience as an example of these virtual concerts that one i actually like that one more i mean because i have more time to plan okay. that's another thing there's so many things that are just like oh we want this tomorrow or we want this and this money and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can get it, but is it going to be the quality that you, I would want it to be? No, it's not. But if you give us more time, because you have to plan, like, I just don't, I just don't think people understand but all the things you have to, well, maybe it's because they have managers. I'm the manager. So, like, there's so many things I have to do. Like, you can't just be like, yeah, that's a different story. Um, back to your question. Uh, that one was great because I got to plan it, um, find a nice venue, kind of get the background. I had time to like kind of look at other performances for like kind of inspiration on how they're doing their take. Um, Cause I wanted it to be a mix between like a performance and kind of like a music video um, kind of feel. So it's like, there's still like things to look at. There's still kind of like moments, like the, I already spoke to the videographer about like, like motions, the moving, the following, like just to make it more dynamic when you're watching it. And I mean, I think it turned out pretty great. <laughs> so. Nice. So back back to let's go back to the thing that you jumped off of there, which is, you know, you are not just a musician, but you are also your manager. Like, talk about yeah. that in terms of you know how you had to oh navigate your god. way through that. <laughs> I can't wait till I get a real manager because like oh my god, oh my god, oh it's so much work. <laughs> I have to do the website, update the website, I have to buy the PR, make sure I get the materials, organize, I have to organize everything. You have to organize the folders out of the Google Drive, have your your, your your links, have the music, have the performance version, have the MP3 version, the wave version, the instrumental version, the acapella version, wow. the DJ version. You have to like have all of that ready to go just in case that you need to send stuff later on. Like if you suddenly get something in sync, they suddenly want all these different parts of your one song. Um, you have to make sure you just have everything down just in case things uh, go in whatever direction they go in. You just have to be really organized. Um, Google Calendar is my best friend. Um, I put everything in there to kind of like know what's coming up, what no I need to do, what I haven't gotten done. Um, and now because I've added like another, like Afterwave TO is like my uh, showcase series that I started. And like now that's become a nonprofit. So now I'm running that too. <laughs> so like I'm just adding all these different things. But I mean, I mean, when you love it, it's, you just find a way to make it work. <laughs> but it's a lot. I can't wait. So, you know, I, I like have uh, some like decent man to come back and be like, oh, yeah, we want to take care of this. We have experience doing that. 
And I mean, they're gonna have to come with it for real though. Cause I'm like, if I've done all of this on my own, you're gonna have to come with something that can convince me why you should be taking this over. But yeah. You just, do you enjoy that part of the business? I actually do. I mean, I like, I like, I like keeping it all together. I mean, like you kind of have to know how everything works somewhat, even if you don't know it all in detail. Um, no, I do. I like it. I would like definitely manage another artist, like if, later on and like build a whole thing and like, yeah. That's really cool. So tell me, you've released two albums this year. Um, why was it a decision to release in that format, like an album? I'm going to release a bunch of songs as a project rather than like drip here, drip there, two weeks later, another single. Oh yeah, absolutely. So tell me about that. Um, one for me, um, because I mean, I'm still an upcoming artist, like, this is, like people are starting to know him, but most people don't like, that's just the reality. Um, yeah. so it's more like building for me, it's building a catalog so that when they do find me, they can actually become a fan. Like it's hard to become a fan when you only have five songs out or like one song out, at least for me as a listener, much less like, like who is your favorite artist? Usually they have something out that you can like go through, pick your favorites, pick where you can have like discussions about this. You can say this because they have projects out that you can listen to, that you can take in, that you can relate to. So for me, it's building that catalog so that when I do eventually go the singles route, when they do find it, they can find all the backlog stuff. Uh, like, oh, no, there's actually these projects that you can go check out and you can actually become a fan and you can like see the entire journey of everything. Um, I don't, yeah, I want to, I feel like that was a very intentional for me in terms of like as a listener I know how I fall in love with artists so I'm like yeah oh, so there's method to the madness of course yeah soon I'm like we'll see you get one more album and then we'll see if we get another one anytime soon <laughs> interesting tell me about the um the Ryerson songwriting course that uh, uh, was it was it at Ryerson it wasn't a it wasn't a course it was the workshop that was the workshop, workshop. okay yeah, so that was the workshop that musicians of Ryerson put on. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of learned about songwriting through there. They just kind of broke down melody, lyrics. Um, it was like a basic introductory workshop, but like it was great. Um, and then later after that, I started my old student group for songwriters on, on at Ryerson. And then we got like, I was it like $15,000. I think we raised like in grant or funding from like different parts of the university to do our own album. Um, and that was like me and like 10 or 12 other artists on campus, like that were like students, but also like make music and like kind of like found each other. And so like, okay, I was like, okay, let's figure out how to make an album. Never done in my life. Never made nothing. Don't even know whatever. It's like, oh yeah, I'll just Google some studios. <laughs> like, we'll just go book whatever. We'll go record it. We'll see how it sounds. And I eventually put together a project and I was like, all oh, right, videos. Let's go find some videographers. I mean, like see what happens. And then we do those few videos. Um, so I had to coordinate. That was like my first time creating like actual like record that we're going to put out and coordinating that many artists at the same time because I have to like make sure I get all their schedules because they're all in school to find out when they're free, create a schedule with the studio, send them dates of when they're all booked, let them know, follow up with them, be like, yep, this is your studio session. You make sure you go to whatever tomorrow, then connect with the studio to get the files to make sure everything gets where it needs to go. Finally, so I literally created the whole thing, which was a great like introductory, like seeing how things actually work, knowing nothing really. So and that was Rye Records? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So is that still an ongoing thing? 
Yes, it's, it's, there's some other students that are, are running it now. Okay. Interesting. I mean, what a way to learn is to just jump in and Crash course. do it. Yeah. Are, are you still recording your stuff in, in studios or, or are you like Billie Eilish doing everything in your bedroom now? No, I still record in the studio, um, mostly because I I like it when other people just do what they're good at. Um, I'll let the publicist be the publicist, let the engineer be the engineer, let the producer be the producer, and I'll just coordinate the vision for the whole thing because I'm already managing all of it. I can't do all these individual things too. Like, I just can't. And I don't want to. Yeah. Also, like, I don't want to. So it makes it way more efficient, which is why I can create so much music. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, yeah. I'll have my idea. I'll be like, okay, boom. I work with the producer, get the stuff. I write it. I know who I'm going to record it with, get this, whatever. And boom, it's done. Project done. Like, it's 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 pretty an efficient process now. So. That's cool. How did it feel when, when Exclaim said, I think they said this about, was it Tropical R&B? Like, one of the top... Uh, albums to look forward to in 2020. Oh no, it was Bashman Trap House. That was the, the first one. Yeah, the that one was, that came out. In I mean, how does that feel for like a young guy just getting his feet under him in in, in the music? Oh no, yeah, it was great. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> a lot of big names on that list. Ah, I was like, oh, I know. I was like going through it. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, and this is mine. I was like, <laughs> wow. I was like, okay. I was like, we're making progress. I'm like, okay, this is good. This is a good sign. I went in the right direction, you know. They actually like the stuff, you know. Like, I was like, okay, okay. It was great. I was like, I was like, ooh, ooh. It was a nice surprise because <laughs> I did not know. What, what about in terms of collaborations? Have you uh, and you've done a couple of collaborations, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So for, for the first project in 2019. Um, I did collaborate with just two other reggaeton artists here in Toronto, and that was great. And then for the one in January, Bashman Trap House, I wanted to do like more collaboration. So I think there's a there's like a lot of features on that one, <laughs> um, but they're all they're all Toronto artists. Um, just because I've met so many people going to events and just going to all these workshops, going to these learning stuff, going out to events like. You just meet so many amazing artists. And I was like, hey, I feel like this project, I could actually fit your sound to like mesh with mine and like finally get them on that that way. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, is that a is that a business decision or is that like an artistic decision? It was both. Yeah. Talk to me about it. It was an artistic decision that. because I, I actually wanted to work with them. Yeah. And then it was a business decision only because I'm like having them only now influences their community yeah, of influence to also check out that project, to also know who I am, to also like kind of feed the music. So it's it's almost like a mini promotion that way as well, also yeah. having the feature on there. But I also just really want to work with them. So a dream collaboration. What's, yeah. What's your dream yeah. collaboration? Oh, Rihanna. <laughs> yep. I would be good. <laughs> <laughs> <You can retire. laughs> nice, nice. Um, you talked about Afrowave TO. Um, you, well, you mentioned it. Tell, tell me about what that is, why, why you started that up. Um, I started up because, uh, because I do mostly fusion stuff, but before it was way more on the dancehall side than on the like, R&B side. It was... 
I mean, every time I went somewhere, they're like, oh my gosh, I've never seen a dance artist in Toronto. Oh my gosh, I've never seen a dance artist in Toronto. Oh my, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and then like, I would meet others, <laughs> but they only seem to have ever heard of me. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm yeah. like, there's so many others that do this too. Some of them way more along the spectrum than I have, but like, so it was more like seeing that gap and then also feeling like there's not as much support because if you don't sing R&B and hip hop, it's like in urban music, you don't exist in Toronto, it mm. seems, even though everyone in army and hip hop are using Caribbean influences in all their songs. But somehow the actual Caribbean sounds are not even being funded or celebrated. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, and I feel a lot of the showcases, yeah, they were very genre specific. Um, there's only a few of them that are more open to, to any genre. And even then you don't see them choosing a lot of reggae or dance artists for those open and anyone can do whatever. So I'm like, okay, I can either just, you know, complain or, you know, try and do something to kind of do something. Yeah, so that was my idea of doing something. I was like, I'll just start a showcase. We'll just do that and like, kind of like have a series so people can like meet the other artists that are really, and also a chance for them to meet each other because I feel like all of us are so scattered that we never like really meet each other and be able to actually build a community and like have more collaboration um so that was that as well and then yeah now we got a grant so we're gonna be doing a lot more stuff this year look at that good stuff man you have a song on your latest album lonely i can't read my notes so that's what i was thinking <laughs> that's okay yeah that's on the january one yes yeah so t- tell me tell me about writing tell me about Tell me about that song, what it means and what it meant to you to sort of bear yourself to people. Um, that one was more, I think because I became slightly more vulnerable than I usually am on that first project, because yeah. I'm usually not <laughs> in the music, at least from the first project. Um, and then the second one, I was like, okay, I feel like it's a good, uh, that genuine, I feel like it's a good encompassive of all my different sides. Mm-hmm. Um, all my different like kind of feelings and personalities in my head so it's like it's all in there and like there's obviously the more emotional side um and I mean especially since because I mean I also have Crohn's disease so I also had to go for treatment for that had to figure that out um that was a whole process that was awful again yeah um, being on like the different steroids that they give you in the beginning before you can find your treatment like that also affects your moods and affects it was like messing up my skin like it's doing a whole bunch of things um and yeah it was a completely lonely experience so i was just able to finally i guess talk about more of the emotional sad stuff on that project mm. even though i didn't want to but i was like yeah i think i need to <laughs> did you have to push yourself to put that specific song on the album um, yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole, all of the emotional ones I did. Yeah, I was like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but I was like, okay, I guess, you know, I mean, it's what I'm feeling. I can't, I mean, I already know what I'm feeling, so it is what it is. And yes, people can relate to it, so I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I, guess. I should be, you know, a well-rounded artist. <laughs> you, 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 you have a quote, uh, or you recorded, you, you said that, uh, Music is what gets me going in the morning. Uh, so, <laughs> you start, was that, that was you? That wasn't you? 
you I don't know. This? I may have said that. That sounds like something I'd say. I just don't remember when. <laughs> that was when you were on the steroids, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Is there... What, what do you listen to in the morning to get you going? Um, that just really depends on the week. This week I've been listening to SZA because wow. I really love that new song that just dropped. And the video was so good and I love visuals. Um, and like, yeah, so that's what I've been listening to right now. Let me just feel a lot more R&B this week. Um, I mean, it also changes across the day. Like, if I'm trying to, like, go to a meeting or something, I might listen to more rap to kind of get me in the mood, to get me a little more, like, confident. Get hyped get up. And on my way back, if I have to take the TC, I might use the R&B, you know, to kind of have a more chill riding experience. Um, if I'm in the shower, I'm definitely listening to, like, more dancey, up-tempo stuff. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it just really depends on what I'm doing and what my mood is for the day. Yeah. Interesting. Um so so tell me the the reception um these two albums are very different the january album Absolutely. it's weird we're talking about a gen usually people talk about yeah the album i made in this year you're talking about the album you made in this specific month that is awesome um so the january album bashment trap house mm-hmm. summer album tropical r&b mm-hmm. um sounds are very Sounds are, I don't know, it's very, very different, but sounds are different. Absolutely. Themes are different. Talk about, talk about the differences between them. Um, yeah. And, and sort of the, the why behind both of these albums. Right. So, yeah, they are different, intentionally so. Yeah. Even the first one from last year is completely different. Um, also intentionally so. <laughs> um, but, for the one in January, again, that was more for me to kind of feel like I'm giving all the different sides of myself. Yeah. I feel like the first project was more the tempo, more the party, more the the fun side, which I love. Yeah. Um, and then this January one was more kind of to still have that side, but still have the emotional side, but still have the lovey-dovey side, but still have the like not so lovey-dovey side. Um, just so I could kind of... I don't know. I, I need to get it out. Like for me, it's really that's what it is. It's trying to trying to get that out for me. Um, and then this one was definitely more because I feel like I'm going in a different direction now. Uh, I definitely want to do more singing now as opposed to the the rapping or the dancehall style that I usually do. Yeah, uh, I want to be more melodic. So that's why that one sounds like that because um, they're just like this is where I want to go now. Um, and you, I think, I think you said, you said that you had a lot of music ready to go and you sort of parked that. Is that correct? For the third, right? Right. So yeah. what does the new yeah. stuff sound like? Like where, where are you going next with the it? The new stuff coming out next year sounds more, it still sounds more R&B, but it sounds more UK influence. It's like way more UK influence. No Christmas like album? The, say that again? No Christmas album? Not yet. I actually do want to do one, do like a Christmas EP one day, do like a like a dance hall Christmas like project and like make Jingle Bells really like, you know, that But that is like way in the future, but it definitely is on my mind, but not this year or next year or the year after that. I was going to try to get you th- album number three. Yeah, 2021. 2021. There you go. <laughs> 2021. It's coming. I'm like halfway through. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm wondering with, with um, you know, since the, the um, I guess you can call it the, uh, 
the matchstick that was George Floyd this year, the killing mm-hmm. of George Floyd. Um, whether there is a, whether you've been working on any protest music at all. No, I haven't worked on any protest music, but I have performed at some protests okay. uh, with my music. Uh, mostly because like I'm not that person. I'm not that protest me. I mean, I am in terms of like, how I see things, but I'm not in terms of making music like that because like okay. that's not why I make music. Yeah, I make more music as a means to uh, kind of like engulf you and to take over and like for you to go elsewhere and for you to be in like a different space. So I'm like, that's what I make. I'm not going to change what I make because mm-hmm. of what's happening in the world, but also because we need different types of music. Absolutely. So for the person that does do more. Uh, protest music they're always going to do protest music yeah they're going to do that before like that's what they're passionate about like that's what matters to them yeah like for me it's more the escapism feeling good having a good time like that's and especially when all that was happening i did not want to hear any protest music (laughs) i "I don't want to hear more things about protests i need to hear something else so that i can you know calm down relax disassociate from anything that's going on or then like the trauma just keeps building and then it's really hard to even work like go about your day to day when you have to really be thinking about everything that's happening all at the same time. Yeah. It's like really kind of just stops you from being able to function. So no, I'm not making any protest music. That is so true. No, I was just, I'm curious. It, it is true because I remember, um, you know, my sister, she's, she's married to a, to a black American. And so they've, they've got two kids and she posted a picture recently um, just of her kids playing and smiling and jumping around and having fun. And, you know, she said, you know, you know, just this is sort of the type of imagery she wants to consume and, and put out there. Um, yeah. Because she says, this is how we we, we want our, our black children to be happy and smiling and not, you know, have to always think about going outside and what that could mean to you just because of the color of your skin. Absolutely. Like you're already black. We already know we're black. We already know everything that's going on to have to see it every single day being uh, like, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. That is, that is so true. That is so true. Um, what, what's, what's in store for you? 20, 2021. I know you've got some, this UK inspired uh, album coming out. Uh, what other projects are you working on? Um, how can I tell you? <laughs> of course. Listen, Lexicon, no one listens to this anyway, so you can tell us anything. All four, all four <laughs> listeners, they're just, you know, they don't have friends anyway. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, working on an album for sure. Uh, working on some merch to go with that as well. Huh. Um, and also working on a book too, so that'll be coming as well. Dude, you're, write, you're writing a book now. Yeah. About? Just tease it. Just tease oh, it. Oh, actually. All right. Oh, yeah. Maybe I can't. Okay, yeah. They're not going to see any of it until next year anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> um, it's about uh, this intern that works for an entertainment company that kind of wants to get into music. And then he eventually finds out that they're all purposely killing their artists to make more money off of them after they die. And yeah. Look at you. I would make fiction a sub-pop story. joke, but that wouldn't be appropriate. Yeah, it's fiction, but yeah, but based on reality with <laughs> fiction. Yeah. Wow. That is that, that, is, neat. that is interesting. Yeah. So one of the yeah. questions I like to ask um 
although we sort of touched on it earlier, was around sort of what's in your earbuds now. So I know you talked to Kareem about the the music, some of the songs and stuff. What are some of the young, or not young, necessarily young, but the up and coming artists that you're excited about? Um, like worldwide, or well, just... whether you're working with them, or you know of them coming up, or just people people should be on the lookout or international. Um, let's see. Uh, you mean like no now or not? No, you know that are like up and coming, and and again, it could be international, it could be local, it could be. Um, locally, I would say Lucala. There's Desire as well. Really great. Um, Chris Hans. I feel like he's Toronto's Burner Boy. Uh, they just don't know it yet, but they will. Um, there's also um, Zen Soul. I really like her. I feel like she could be the next, you know, like queen of R&B in Canada. Um, she's amazing, Zen Soul. Um, who else is there locally? MC Selleck is also really great. Um, he's a reggaeton artist. As Gabby Boy as well. Like he's also kind of like our daddy Yankee. Um, so they're also coming up to... Um, on a more broader level, I really like Mulatto right now. She's a female rapper that's kind of like on her come up. Um, also, Tiwa Savage. She just dropped an album. That was really great. It was more Afrobeats, um, but I loved it. Um, who else? Who else? Let me go through my... We had Luke Kala on a couple of years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, she is just a delight to uh to speak with she was really fun to chat with so kind and uh and generous yeah that was oh, when... and half and half as well yeah he's a rapper in the west end right. um that really takes you know lyricism to heart so yeah awesome lexicon listen bef- before we let you go and this has been really fun i really appreciate uh your time tell us where can people go to 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 find your music to watch your videos to uh, to follow you on social, where's the best place people can go to check you out? Right. They can go to lexiconofficial.com. There's links to everything there. If they want me on Instagram, they can search lexicon, two X's, L-E-X-X-I-C-O-N. They can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, every other streaming platform, and YouTube as well. So... But if you go to my website, you'll see all the links. Nicely meet out for you. You can even subscribe for, you know, mail updates, you know, for future things coming up. You can watch a video. You can read my bio. You can click on the press from Exclaim. You know, you can click on the BT performance. You can click on the eTalk interview. You know, you can just click on all the things all on the website. Absolutely. That's lexiconofficial.com. Dot com. Awesome. Lexicon, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to your book, your new music, and uh, everything else. (laughs) You're not supposed to know. No one knows. No one knows. Again, all four people. (laughs) And there are kids, so we just tell them to be quiet. (laughs) Have a great day. Thanks, Lexicon. I appreciate it, bud. No problem. Thanks for having me. 